0: Today on a very special edition of Cody and Gold, we find out how cold it's going to be, and we find out that Alex is retiring for the holiday season. And now two guys who are excited to get the show underway, Cody Tap and Alex Gold. Are you retiring? I, I, according to Jed, I, I am for the rest of the year. You the just holiday season.
1: a little bit of snow and you're like, I'm out. I'm, I'm done.
2: Yeah, I'm I guess so, man. It worked out. I I would be lying if I told you I didn't appreciate the timing of happening to be already off Thursday and Friday, considering the uh, the forecast in the Kansas City area. The fact that I don't have to go outside over the next couple of days. I am looking forward to that. I think, you know what? I think you should just take the Comrex home. You should do the show from your house, and that way you don't have to come in either.
1: What about Dusty and Jed, who might still have to come into work?
2: Uh, well, Jed said he, he doesn't have any problem with the cold weather. He's actually a big fan of it. So love the cold. See, I think you're good, man. But no, it, uh, it's that time of year where people, you know, different, everybody's off different times. You're off next week and all that. So just kind of, this is the time of the year. People are making plans holiday season, right? Jed.
0: Definitely the holiday season. Jet gets married this week.
2: He does, which I'm surprised you're still working today, man. I would have been like, I'm taking the whole damn week off. I got things to do. I got things to repair for. That's what I would have been doing if I were you.
0: The fiance is smarter than me, clearly. Well, obviously not. If she's marrying me, I guess would be the actual answer. That's not a great (laughs) sign for her. No, it, it doesn't seem strong on her part. I guess the point is she's at least working from home today and has Thursday and Friday off I didn't realize that we were going to be getting married so quickly in short order. So oh. that's why I didn't didn't uh, take the time off.
1: Hmm. So now you got to work on your wedding day. Yep. You're working in the lead up to getting married
2: now. Yep. I can't so wear wanted, a hat you that You wanted that day. to drag out the engagement for a while is I what did you're not. saying. No. I did not. You said you didn't. No, you didn't expect to get married this quickly. He thought
1: they'd get married quickly, just maybe not that quicky.
0: I guess I don't even know how to answer this question. How did we get to this? How about the sports balls, guys? Have you seen any of those? I
1: like talking about you getting married. Maybe we can convince people to like Venmo you some wedding money or something. I'm fine with that.
0: I What's your what's your Venmo? I'm not giving that out.
1: Why? Let's I get mean, you like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. I would, somehow
0: doubt based off what I've seen what since be I've been filling with, in. People I don't have given think us money plenty of times on this
2: show. I don't know what the issue would be with someone having your Venmo. It's not like you're giving, like, what, what is the downfall? All they can
0: do is send you money, right? I mean, that's. Or look at previous transactions. You can make private. Oh, I private. make those are private. Yeah, those that, are all real, private. Online. Mine are private, but I'm sure I, that someone's going to be able to find a way to hack it. I'd, what
2: are you buying that is? I don't know why people so leave their None Venmo their Venmo <laughs> their Venmo history public. Yeah, you know, what make that private? We don't the, the world doesn't need to see that you sent money I, that that Cody B Tap sent money to Brian whatever like and, and put a pizza emoji in there. Like, why? What are we doing? Just make it private. I don't know, I don't understand why everybody doesn't have that. I, I actually like, I, I d- like
0: seeing it. I
1: really? would prefer that yeah. Venmo not require me to put words in. Just let me well, you send. You can put whatever
2: you want in there. No, but
1: you have to put a note. Why do I need? Why do you need a note?
2: Well, I doesn't matter what it's for. Someone says if you put your Venmo on air right now, they will Venmo you hundred bucks. hundred bucks, Jed, $100, I think, Jeff, for your birthday. Well, for his wedding. For my birthday. It's for his wedding. wedding. That's an <laughs> I think you should share. The worst thing that happens is someone sends you ten cents or hundred bucks. Let me
0: even see what it is.
1: Come on, let's find it.
2: Someone Happy wedding they were to Jed. Eight one six, good call, Jed. I was gonna dox you if you gave out your Venmo. <laughs> dox him on Venmo. <laughs> and I don't
0: know what that means. Uh, at Jed dash Marshall dash three. There's a Homer pouring at. water onto his control board because that's mine. Okay. Know, say it one more time. Uh, Jed J E D dash Marshall M A R S H A L L dash three. And there's a picture might've
1: been private at one time because his other things say dinner at jazz, grateful dead bobblehead. You've obviously paid people on Venmo for other things. I okay. have.
0: Okay. Well, good. But it's Now it's Jed, now I believe it's private.
2: Jed is getting married this week. So if you want to, if you want a similar congratulatory little, uh, well, a couple bucks, even two bucks, who cares? Something go for
0: it. or a target gift card you can mail it to the station 7000 square no, if you if you mail a Could gift you card imagine just it. random
2: if, gift cards if you mail to the gift cards
0: to the station those are going to be confiscated by other people i'm sure oh yeah. i'm sure about that but Matter at least fact, the idea is you. then we're all yeah. getting presents
2: if we see you get an envelope with your name on it we're that am going to start we, cracking I can't prove that's why i think people should just venmo you anyway uh, a weird show, I'll be honest today, because we're off on a Wednesday in the middle of, the, in the middle of December early, which normally does not happen. There's no. K-State basketball today uh, at 1.30. Now, pregame starts at 12.30. K-State is playing Radford. You want to put some money on it with me? <laughs> I mean, so let's put some money on K-State I, Radford. I, have I, some
1: faith in the Wildcats. I
2: haven't even looked. I haven't even looked at the line uh, against Radford. K-State coming off a win against Nebraska at T-Mobile Center. Uh, you can tell me what the line is. I have no clue.
0: I'm happy to get in on some of this action because people actually are giving me money on Venmo. I don't really know why this is
2: happening. How much so far?
0: Uh, Let's see here. It seems, wow, $151 from that person.
2: Hey, all right.
0: So, yeah, we might be making some sweet, sweet action. Chad's getting married this week. And Chad's going to
1: turn that money into more money. Smart. Yeah.
0: Assuming I we're listen gonna to Alex's...
2: Fun, we're going to fund advice. your honeymoon, okay? That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to fund is ridiculous. your honeymoon. Someone just gave me $5. Hey, very nice. See, our See, listeners are great. We have a very generous yeah.
1: listener base. People are saying congrats on getting married. But uh, they don't right even now, like me. K-State minus we 16 to against Radford. Oh,
2: okay. Over under 136. Wednesday afternoon game. Take the under.
1: Okay, under on or take it. I'm taking the under. Uh, literally as we speak, be putting some money on the under.
2: <laughs> All right, so that's why we're off at 12:30 today. Uh, but we, we do want to talk some Chiefs here because uh, yesterday we were going through the MVP stuff for for Patrick Mahomes and uh, in passing, I think you even made a comment kind of quickly, just like you you thought he was playing his best football, that this is the best we've seen from Patrick Mahomes. I.
1: I thought about it even more, trying to decide, like, is that one of those comments you say flippantly and then decide later maybe you were getting a little too rushed? And I started going through every year of his career. The only one, obviously, that you can make a stronger argument for is the very first year he was a starter, in which he threw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards in a season that lasted a full game less than the one he's getting ready to play, in which he will surpass the yardage by a pretty good margin and averaging more yards per game than he did that season. But he won't surpass the touchdowns, And I'll have a similar number of interceptions. Very simply put, yes. This is the best I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play. It was kind of culminated for me, and I think the reason why we maybe hadn't had the conversation yet is he'd been turning the ball over, and we'd seen some of that backslide, and we weren't really sure where he was this season. But when I watched him against the Houston Texans, he's completing 90% of his passes, and... He was near perfection, and I'm remembering that he's doing all of this without Tyreek Hill. This is the single best season of Patrick Mahomes' career. He is playing his best football. That's the one thing that can reverse part of the conversation we had yesterday of where's your confidence rating of this team going into the postseason. The fact that Patrick Mahomes is having his best season, in my opinion, ever, really makes me feel like he can overcome a lot. It's the reason why they're going to end up this season 14 and 3. In a year in which their defense is going to rank 20th in points per game, they're going to lose one of the top weapons in all of the NFL, and they're still going to win 14 games, when their division before Christmas, all of those things. It's because Patrick Mahomes is having the best season of his career.
2: And I, I think this game on, on Sunday that we just saw against the Texans is frustrating as that was. I actually think that was one of the stronger arguments in a way of how good Patrick Mahomes has been uh, because he was essentially perfect for Incompletions, you know, 20 straight completions down the stretch. That game was as good as it gets, and it got lost in the shuffle because of other things that were going on in that football game and frustration because it was against the Houston Texans. Um, Statistically, we know the MVP season was 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Well, he's about 500 yards away from 5,000 yards. He's sitting at 35 touchdowns. He's probably going to finish... Let's call it 42 touchdowns, 41 touchdowns, roughly probably around that number. Right. And he's going to finish probably with around 5,100, 5,200 yards. At least he's
1: going to finish with a, he's got 11 interceptions. Now He'll finish somewhere between probably 11 and
2: 13 without Tyree kill is what makes it that much more impressive because we can't talk about how big of a loss that was all off season locally, nationally, and then not give credit where it's due now that it is heading into week 16 and he is putting up just as good a numbers, in fact, again, potentially better than he did in 2018 when we all know he had Tyreek and Travis Kelsey in this league. And this is one of the toughest schedules in football. I know I know, the AFC West year. isn't what we thought it was, which we'll get to again coming up at 11 o'clock, because I think it's maybe been a little misleading, actually, with now that you fast forward and look at the AFC West. But he he's done it with one of the toughest schedules in football and with a wide receiver core that. Not only doesn't have Tyree Kill, but Cody, there's you know, your number one wide receiver outside of Kelsey has been Juju, and he was out for a couple games. McCole Hardman's been out for a couple games. So you haven't had your same starting running back all year. You know, that this season he's put together has been awfully impressive.
1: You have to remember that part of the statistical boom that we saw from Patrick Mahomes in his second year is because like this year's defense is not good. It's it's struggled for a majority of it. At best it's average. Uh, you'd take this year's defense over the 2018 one by a mile. Sure. Part of the reason his statistics ended up where they did in 2018 is because they had to score 40 every game, every single game. Honestly, some of it is because he's also kind of changed as a quarterback a little bit. Like we've seen his willingness to throw the ball short. We've seen his willingness to check it down to Jarek McKinnon and what a difference that makes. They have somehow, it's like, it's all the stats put together. They have somehow done this and maintained the number one big play offense in the NFL, the number one points per game offense in the NFL. They're doing it with good wide receivers. Like, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a good wide receiver. MVS is the most average run-of-the-mill wide receiver in the NFL, right? Guys who get seven and 800 yards, there's like 50 or 60 of them in the NFL. And MVS is just another one of those. I know he's got a Hall of Famer in Kelsey, and maybe we'll be having this conversation again, Gold, when he does or had, tries to have a season like this, but without Travis Kelsey, the single greatest tight end in NFL history. But to me still, this has been his most impressive season because he's doing it hes doing it in a completely different way. He had to evolve. We talk about it with coaches all the time, but this matters to quarterbacks too. Russell Wilson keeps trying to like be something he's not, and it's causing a problem. Patrick Mahomes is just adding to his skill set slowly. And as a result of that, we're getting the best season of his career.
2: This is I mean, he's the best quarterback in football, and he's still so I think what we're seeing this year too, Cody, is a reminder that he's only twenty-seven years old. <laughs> and and that we're still just now entering his prime. And so it's not it, look like a lot of quarterbacks, of course, would have looked at what he was doing at twenty-three and twenty-four, and that would have been Unbelievable accomplishments, which they were, but the fact that he's better than that because now he's twenty seven, twenty eight. He's got the knowledge. It's funny whenever Patrick Mahomes talks, like yesterday, and he'll be asked questions. He's like, "Yeah, when you know, I was when younger." I, I, yeah, which is hilarious. Like when I when I was younger, you know, when I was a young kind of young guy in this league, it's like you're still only twenty seven, man. Like you're you're still just entering your prime. But he's he's been a starter now since two thousand and eighteen, and you you couple uh, the narratives that were around this season, and the narratives around him, and how Cincinnati was playing him in the postseason, and how Buffalo was playing him last year in a lot of teams, and to see that he's been able to make the adjustments, and the coaching staff certainly gets a lot of credit for this as well, uh, to where he is the favorite to win MVP, and he's not, in, and we already know he's got one MVP award. So, yeah, I'm with you. You and I are kind of in agreement on this one. I, the, the AFC West is an interesting conversation, which we'll have at 11 o'clock because of what the expectation was and now seeing kind of the buzz around one team in particular. Um, but what else makes this – offense elite as well. The, the, another sign that this offense is able to put itself in a special category. Of course, Mahomes the biggest part. But you, you take a look at the Chiefs offense, the lowest T.O. percentage in the NFL when you look at how this team has gotten new sets of downs. So Jesse Newell did a really good breakdown of this. And so despite the concerns about the turnovers and everything, you take a look at some of the charts that On offensive series, whether it's a touchdown or first down in the percentage, there, field goal versus turnover compared to punts. We're frustrated by nine straight games with turnovers, but 80 percent of their drives, Cody, still result in touchdowns or first downs, right? Touchdown or first down, like meaning they're not going three and out, right? The rate at which the Chiefs go first and 10 and then get a first down and a new set of down is higher than anybody else in the league. Now, the Eagles are second. And look, the two best, you know, two of the best teams in football, That's Makes shocking. sense, right? The bills are there at 77%. The chiefs, they'll still have the highest percentage of where they get a new set of downs or they get a touchdown 80% of the time. That is an insane
1: figure to be clear. I think what makes it stand out to me and why you should be like, yeah, oh, the chiefs offense is going to work against. And this is why I think it works against any defense. So I was watching the, the 49ers game over the weekend. I'm like, how does anyone score against this team? And I see all the national pundits gushing over how good Bosa and the 49ers defense is. Just as a quick reminder, the Chiefs scored 40, 43 against mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers. They poured it on them. They scored it. will. And the reason why for the rare cases in the NFL, the Chiefs plan offensively is working to perfection. This is exactly how they planned on being. We said it was going to take more plays. We said it was going to take more first downs. you were just going to have to go down the field. But very simply, I don't think teams can cover the Chiefs enough because they have too many people they can throw it to. The Chiefs on any third, like if I said it's third and six right now, how many options do you think are a pretty good one to get a first down? Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, you have to include Jarek McKinnon in that mm-hmm. conversation. MVS has been reliable in that role. All right, I'm already up to four. How many teams have four? Before you already talk about the fact that, I'd feel pretty good giving the ball to McCole Hardman on uh, third and six. And
2: and that goes back to the AFC title game in overtime where there was a lot of frustration, but because they threw it it to Demarcus Robinson. Exactly. And we said and and we had conversations in July, and it was do you this was before we ever saw what this would look like this year. We said, Do you feel more confident that guys like, you know, McCole Hardman are your third, fourth option, or did you feel more confident that guys like Demarcus Robinson? Were your third or fourth option. Um, and to now see that really after Kelsey and Juju to have McColl not be just your, your number two, as maybe he was DeMarcus Robinson, your number four, that was a, a change in the offseason as well to where you have more guys. You feel to your point, more guys that you feel confident. That was like the dream scenario that we were hoping for in July. When we were talking about this wide receiver cores, like, do you feel like one, they're deeper? That was the thing. They're not a better wide receiver core. We can they're saying. deeper. They're we, way deeper. Yeah. And, and we've seen it. Look how it's played out. Justin Watson, who's a special teams player most of his career, is actually going to probably end up with 300 yards receiving for this team this year. You know, MVS is going to have a career year. He's not going to have a 1,000-yard receiver, but he's going to probably end up with about 750 yards, career year, for, for MVS. You know, Sky Moore, obviously the expectations were maybe a four or 500-yard season. He's not going to get to that number. We've, d- we've talked about that throughout the season. But then you've had other guys step up. You know, I, I did think Juju was a 1,000-yard guy. Uh, some people didn't. He, if he didn't get hurt, was probably going to be a 12 or 1300 yard guy. He's going to at least be a thousand yard. He's 150 yards away from being a thousand yard receiver. They're, they're deeper. That was, that was the biggest thing. And we've seen it. That actually even goes into the Patrick Mahomes conversation. Why it, it's a tribute to, to those receivers, but also to him that he's turned multiple guys into reliable targets.
1: Yes. Because yeah. Justin Watson, again, and Tom Brady makes guys like Justin Watson valuable for a couple of games. Cause that's all you need. Like in the regular season, you want to be able to rely on those guys kind of going through that moment. Now, as Jesse Newell points out in a tweet talking about that one, this could be leading to some of the turnover issues. Because if you just take it in a per-drive capacity, the Chiefs actually don't turn it over that much on how often they have the ball versus they do it. Now, we talked about this when teams were designing to beat the Chiefs last year. Part of the way they were doing it is, we're going to make you go slow, methodical, we're going to drive you crazy, and we're going to hope that when it takes you a 10-play drive down the field... You're going to screw up. And right now, the Chiefs are leaning into that hard. They are screwing up somewhere along the way in those drives because it takes so many plays. Mm -hmm. That's the only downside to this design of the offenses. It requires you to go 10 plays without getting a holding call, without getting a turnover, without getting an offensive pass interference, because those things are what will stop you from scoring more than you should. That's why we feel sometimes that the Chiefs are leaving points on the table so much, despite the fact they're the number one scoring offense in the NFL.
2: That's what Cincinnati did last year in both games, and it's what they've done even in the third matchup. That, they've, they've been the, the team that's done that the best. Yes. In terms of wait. You know, Eli Apple's comments after last year, like, waiting. We were waiting He'll get for, impatient. Yeah, yeah, we were waiting for that, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, the actual number from Jesse there uh, over at the Stars, when, when Kansas City gets a fresh set of downs, so when they get a first down, one in 25 times they turn it over, which is actually the, the best in the league. <laughs> so it's like there, they have one of the, the bottom three turnover differentials because they don't get takeaways and they've got nine straight games of giving the ball away. But when you consider the amount of drives, they have one in 25 times, they actually turn it over, <laughs> but that's it.
1: It's so like the league is the league might accept this ratio. What's weird is until the Chiefs stop turning it over, they might accept that Chiefs playing this way because those turnover plays still bring them back into games. It's what brought Denver into the game. It's what allowed the Texans
2: to be in the game.
1: Outside of Carl Sheffers, it was the turnovers, right? Chad's
2: favorite referee, man. Big fan of his.
1: Look, we have been pretty strong on the show if not blaming referees. He clearly has a vendetta. I agree. Cody. Carl Sheffers very clearly has a bias against a team and should not ref against those teams. I'm not saying every ref shouldn't ref against the Chiefs. Just Carl well, Sheffers. someone's got to. He yeah. had to cry yeah. onto a microphone. He has been embarrassed here. He's been made fun of by players on this team for years. Kelsey's taken shots at him going back seven or eight years ago. It's a vendetta.
0: He calls this the most penalties of any official in the league. So it's not specific to one. he knows team. how to
2: bog down games, doesn't he? He knows how to drag the good we're teams just down. Them,
1: Jen. It doesn't have to be just the chiefs. Get rid of this ass. <laughs> Tell to I'm not to him so many that he's penalties. a
0: good official, but again, the conspiracy tin foil hat that was presented by Alex the other day when you were off. I don't think that's legit.
2: I think it is. 20% of the Chiefs penalties have occurred in games he's officiated.
0: But he calls the most and, penalties league-wide. And this goes back to
2: the Raiders game where his voice was cracking. You're telling me as a human that that doesn't impact you and maybe lead to some bias that a couple years ago when Travis Kelsey called him a footlocker referee, basically, that that's not something that you remember just because you're a human being?
0: I'm not saying the guy's not an AH and maybe not good <laughs> at his job. All I'm saying is that if you look at the statistics like we did the other day with Bink. We didn't which I pointed out after the show, and by that I mean my fiancé did, that he calls the most penalties league-wise. So therefore, I don't think it it can necessarily be indicative of one team. Jet's fiance yeah, but the reason doing... why
1: he can get to the most penalties league-wide is because he calls just such an egregious number against the Chiefs. Otherwise, he'd be like seventh or eighth.
0: Okay, if that helps you.
2: You hear that Jed's fiance is doing research for the show, which is why you should Venmo Jed. <laughs> and as someone as someone pointed it's out, it's for really both of them. As they said, uh, the money Jed, isn't for Jed; it's for his fiance. That's probably a good way to approach it. Jed as well.
1: dash I Marshall Three. In- she is the bread maker of the family. You know, I'm like,
2: guessing you've gotten a little bit of money already sent to
0: you. Yeah, a little bit. I'll I'll thank all the people during Jed talks. But uh, okay. yeah, no, I, I texted her and she said, "Damn, good listeners."
2: <laughs> we agree. We have the best. We, we have the best. Thinking of money, though, uh, the NFL has, of course, their owner's meetings. They had that last week. They, they warned uh, owners, like, just making sure you guys know how much money you're spending on certain things. They said, you know, by the way, a little pie chart. Um, you know, you guys as a league have spent $800 million on fired coaches and front office execs over the last five years. $800 million have been spent by owners to get rid of coaches and staff. In five years? and front office guys because the the hires have failed. That is a wild number. At the same time, I don't think it's scaring an an owner off whatsoever. In fact, if you're a fan of a team, you don't want that number to scare your owner off because you don't want to be what the Raiders are, which is an owner that doesn't have the money to fire their head coach, so they're keeping their head coach around for another year. That's the report. I understand the Raiders are playing better as of late. They also had one of the most ridiculous, dumbest decisions happen in their favor, actually, shockingly enough, in the Patriots game uh, where – Jacoby Myers thought it was a good idea to lateral the ball to his or throw the ball to his quarterback with the game tied and no time on the clock. Bad decision. Um, 800 millions of wild number Cody, but like that that's not going to scare owners off. If they, if they think they have the wrong head coach because they didn't make the right hire, they're going to keep writing checks and keep doing it. And, and again, as a fan, if you're a fan of one of those teams like you hope that. You don't want ever your owner to be like, "Well, we well, are we spent too much money on the prior staff, so we're we're sticking with this guy anyway even though he sucks."
1: What's wild about this is that there are like 9 teams that really haven't changed head coach or general manager during this time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The
1: Chiefs, the Patriots, the Ravens, like Steelers. None of the Steelers, the Rams. Yeah. None of these teams have changed anything, which means it's really like 23 teams that have spent eight $100 million, and this is where you should come for the appreciation. You know you know, how we spend these conversations and we say, you know how hard it is to find the quarterback and how lucky you are that Patrick Mahomes is here? Well, the Chiefs right now all together have a guy in general manager they don't want to fire, a guy at head coach they don't want to fire, and a quarterback they don't want to fire. Do you know how rare that triumvirate is? Because even if two of the three things are working, let's say in, in Pittsburgh, they're not looking to fire their general manager. And look, they've had a new general manager the last five years, but it was just a guy who stepped up after the guy who'd been there forever, yeah. had stepped down, not been fired, had just stepped away. They like their coach, they like their GM, they hate their quarterback. All right, let's go to the Patriots. They, even if they like their general manager and the coach, who is the same man, I think they should like their coach, not like the GM, even though he's the same person. Uh, they they want a new quarterback. Okay, let's go to uh let's go to the Rams. Like their GM, like their coach, hate their quarterback. It's easy to find. It's I mean, the Titans who are one of the teams who have been on this list before the Rams moment? hate
2: their quarterback.
1: Okay. Well, he's old and they don't
2: he want to said he's not going to retire.
1: Yeah. Well, I look their Their quarterback situation is not hate is probably strong, but their quarterback situation is not
2: good. The whole team is just a mess. They yes. sold their soul for the Super Bowl. They got the ring. We knew this was the, and they feel pretty good about it's time. To, that part. It's time to pay up. And that's what's happening for the Rams now.
1: But even the teams that we're talking about, feel good about, I am not surprised that it's this number at all. Also, if they were worried about the economics of it, they wouldn't keep spending it. This like right. goes back to the college and universities part for college. Be like, man, they had to pay him $40 million to go. And wait, if they didn't have it, they wouldn't fire him. It doesn't matter. They don't care. There's so much money in the sport. Paying $800 million is a drop in the bucket. I'm sure if you're a player, you're frustrated. Well, but if it's not working, it's not working.
2: The league's about to get another $2 billion, reportedly, for NFL Sunday ticket, which reports are it's going to move over to YouTube TV. You saw that last night yep. from, from Google's going to pay... Uh, looks around $2 billion for the NFL Sunday ticket package. That's not 100% confirmed, but that's where multiple reports, including from Pro Football Talk, have it. All right, coming up next, though, we're just getting started here on Cody and Gold, the three top teams in the AFC. Yesterday we said, hey, these are the biggest concerns we had about the Chiefs, but there are plenty of flaws with the Bills and Cincinnati, maybe throw Miami to the picture as well. We're going to go through each one of them next. <laughs> here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap with you, Jed Marshall, producing the show. We'll get to Jed
0: Talks coming up in about 12 minutes
2: or so.
1: Are you rich yet, Jed, from all the people vinmo you for your wedding on Friday?
0: I don't know if rich, but definitely getting closer. I need Alex's <laughs> gambling advice. You're just going to take all the money. <laughs> like gonna you're going to take, take the all the money that people
2: gave you, and you're just going to bet it on something?
1: You said oh, bet the under.
2: Well, well, isn't that's, that the reasonable... Uh, like? No, the, the under for the case state game, it's like a, a five dollar wager. They're playing Radford on a Wednesday at one thirty in the afternoon. Okay. I put ten on it, but okay. Go so over. I
1: need
0: to kind of You can know.
2: fade me. Yeah, you can go over. I'm just going under. It's to me it's it's a Wednesday afternoon game and nobody the building's gonna be absolutely dead. Nobody's wow. gonna be there. Shots fired. Well, I mean it's that would be the case at most venues. It's a Wednesday at 1.30 in the afternoon, right before the holiday. Have you
1: seen our work parking lot?
2: It's empty, man. There
1: is no one at work. We're all just, here. Just, but th- that's it. It is the three of us. It is one person over at KMBZ and literally nobody else in this building.
0: That's not true. I saw Joe earlier this morning. Oh, I, I did see hello to me?
1: Okay, so they're fine.
0: Five, five people, people in this building. Specs here? This is true. You're calling out so many people. No wonder you don't have many friends, Cody.
1: Why? Because I said that <laughs> nobody was here? <laughs>
2: I like to keep a tight friend group uh, so we'll get we'll get to, to jed talks and uh, we'll get an update account on on how the venmo account is going in just a little bit but yesterday we were going through special teams turnovers red Zone defense right the, the kind of the three biggest concerns that everybody has sure. at this point uh three weeks to go till the postseason starts but let's not act like the bills Cincinnati Miami whoever you consider the other top three teams, in the AFC that they don't have some flaws, which is why I I do think it is wide open, which is why let's put everything in perspective a little bit with this football team that is likely going to win 14 games, has a chance still to be the number one seed. They can do no worse than the three right now. The odds are they're going to be the two seed unless Cincinnati can beat Buffalo, but these other teams have flaws as well. There's nobody in the AFC where maybe in the past there was a clear best team, a clear second best team. I don't think that's the case, which is why considering how the chiefs approach this past off season, considering uh, where they're at as a football team, they're still in as good as a spot, a good of a spot for this postseason as anybody else in the AFC, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Cincinnati's owned you. They have beat you in three straight games. That's a, that'll be an unbelievable storyline. Again, if Kansas city ends up facing Cincinnati in one of these rounds of the postseason. there's a chance certainly of that happening, but let's start with Buffalo. I mean, the big question they have, their, their defense isn't as daunting as it once seemed. It's a very good defense. Especially with no Von Miller. Very good defense. But, yeah, Von Miller was brought in to beat the Chiefs, to close out playoff games. He closed out the regular season game against Kansas City, if we all remember how that game ended. And he was brought in to do that. We know he's on IR. He is done for the season. Not coming back. He, that's it. Von Miller is done for them. So that defense is not the number one, number two, three defense we thought. They're like what? The seventh-best defense, maybe a top-five defense. Very good, but not dominant the way they once were. Uh, and we've seen moments where Josh Allen can still throw some some interceptions. They've got some flaws. And then Cincinnati, if you actually look, there's probably nobody playing better football right now in the entire league than them, which is actually kind of crazy. But still, what's the question you have about them? Even though we haven't seen it in Chiefs games, protecting Joe Burrow is still the, the biggest question for Cincinnati. Can they protect him on a consistent basis?
1: And they're not nearly as... Um they're not nearly as big play as they were before. Remember how many like just massive yardage plays they had over the last couple of years? Um, they they don't do that quite as much as they have in previous years. The Bills, like if I'm going through my biggest concern for each team, for the Chiefs, it is the turnovers. Hands yeah. down, we talked about that yesterday. Um, I think it's them, right? Okay, so next, then what do we have? Than for the Bills. I think it's that Josh Allen has reverted a couple of times this season. I'd be worried about running into a game where, you know, second year Josh Allen rolls into the year because, like, it it's happened a couple times this year, and that's when their team looks bad. When Josh Allen starts doing those things, some old Josh Allen stuff. And Cincinnati. Their defense is better than it was probably last year, which makes them scary. Their defense is probably better than it was two years ago, which makes them scary. They're still one of the better offenses in the NFL, but they can't, to me. like So like you're going to say, they just scored like 30 points straight against the Bucs. Well, the Bucs turned the ball over four consecutive possessions. And I get that Cincinnati is a part of that equation, but that's a bad team turning the ball over a bunch. That's how they were able to get that number of points. From a big play perspective, they're 10th. They built their entire offense around that. I'm not so sure that if you're Cincinnati, my biggest fear is somebody's going to do to you in the postseason what they've been doing to the Chiefs for two years. Someone's going to decide to drop eight against you every single snap and force you to go down the field 12 plays at a time. And I think the second that a team decides to do that is when you're going to start fearing your ability to do it. We know the Chiefs' flaws. We've talked about them multiple times. It is the three big things you mentioned earlier. I think none bigger than the turnovers, honestly, at this point. Because the text line said, Hey, if they turn it over less, do you think the Chiefs' red zone defense would be better?
2: Yes. Yeah, the short field. If they they turn it it over lighter,
1: do you think their offense would score more points? Yeah. It changes everything. It makes everything easier. The Broncos, I get it, that they only have to go forty yards. But when you only have to go forty yards, it's a lot easier to be efficient in the red zone, isn't it? Because you didn't have to do all that work to get up there. There weren't chances to make mistakes. That's what we're talking about with the Chiefs offense.
2: Yeah, the, the ringer is where we, we where we kind of got the idea here because the ringer was going through their one big question for every team, Cody, and including Philadelphia, who is on the NFC side, of course. You don't have to worry about them for a while. But they for Philly, they said, hey, what happens when the talent gap closes for them based off of... A, a very light schedule. They're playing in one of the tougher divisions, but in general, a pretty light schedule for Philadelphia. You know, you take a look over at, at Buffalo. The same questions we have, is the defense talented enough at this point in time for for Buffalo? Um it's not a bad defense, but are they still are they talented enough? And their question for the Chiefs is not the turnovers, but it's is their defense tough enough, which actually I think is a very fair question and I hope it's something that the Chiefs defense takes personally. Did, had, did you see Colin
1: Saunders got on Twitter today? He did. It's about one defensive player a day.
2: Yeah, which is look they fine whatever motivation that they need. I, I he was critical because he was firing back at those that said they don't have a pass rush when they're top five in sacks. So I, he has every right to, to 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 do that. But I think it is fair and nobody likes having their toughness questioned. But I when there have been some performances, go back to even a year or so ago, there have been multiple games where you you felt like the Chiefs kind of got out physical. Right. Yeah. Out tough. Couple times. Right. And so that I think that's a fair question. I hope it's one that motivates the the team. But that's, that's the the question that the Ringer, national publication, the the one question they listed for the Chiefs, not turnovers, although you and I are in agreement that that actually is the biggest problem. Their question is: Is the defense tough enough? Specific- uh, which is not something you want to hear if you're you someone know, on that defense.
1: Way more than pass rush. And look, I've got you know I think game to game the pass rush is a little inconsistent, so there, there's some questions there because some of their sacks have come in bulk. Um. I'm way more worried about their red zone defense because that's where toughness matters, Gold. That's where you get bullied. You're getting bullied down there, man. You got the number. You got the second worst red zone scoring defense in the NFL. Like I get where Colin Saunders coming from. His tweet said, oh, one last thing I'm going to say on this. Go check sacks by defensive lineman for Kansas City compared to Dallas. But we only get pressure from blitzes. LOL. Okay. Y'all got it. The kingdom is spoken. We suck ash cheekbones, apparently. That's the
2: way you put it. Which I just love. The by the way, he's of. hilarious. Oh, he's anyway, great. He, Not just on Twitter. He's a funny. He's funny. I, Colin Saunders is a funny guy. And, and uh, he's
1: having a really good, impactful year for the Chiefs. The fact that guys like Colin Saunders have been impactful for the Chiefs are the reason why the pass rush no. does rank where it does in sacks. But you got to figure out the red zone. Can you stop a team from scoring a touch on you? Because if they were league average right now, we would be talking, if they were just league average, I've done the math, if they were league average in red zone scoring defense, they would be a top 10 scoring defense. We wouldn't get to dunk on you, Colin. If you just stop teams from getting in the end zone, there'd be no complaints. You'd be a top 10 scoring defense and the number one scoring offense in the NFL. This team would be gearing towards the Super Bowl, beating every team by two touchdowns on their way doing it.
2: The ringer pointed this out about the question of, like, are they tough enough defensively? Uh, it's the biggest question that they had. And they, they said, look, Kansas City's 24th in PFF's tackling metric. And I don't even need a pro football-focused metric to know that this no. team is not a good tackling team right now and hasn't been for much of the season. Uh, against Houston, even, they averaged two and a half yards to the Texans after contact on rush plays. Uh, and you had chances, you know, for some tackles behind the line of scrimmage. We all know against Houston, you can get by with that. You're playing some Perine, P. Ryan, Joe Mixon. You're going up against the Buffalo Bills. Like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that will cost you. Because you know how I know that, Cody? Because we saw it did cost them at times against Buffalo earlier this year. It did cost them against Cincinnati. So, I think it's a fair question. The question that they listed for Cincinnati, does the Bengals' offense need more downfield passing? Now they were down yeah, seventeen nothing deep stuff. to the box, and they, we all know they rattled off thirty four straight points and ended up ended up winning. Um, but Bengals running backs finished the game with forty five yards on eighteen attempts. Uh, is the big play Cincinnati offense there? That's a question that that I think has to be asked as much as where it was a year ago. Do they have that? Even though Jamar Chase is still there, do they still have the ability to to make the huge plays down the field?
1: And they. Again, that goes back to the thing I had said about them. Get to the postseason and see if a team plays you like the Chiefs and how you handle it. Because then you might run into the problems the Chiefs used to and now have solved.
2: I'll admit, uh, it's not often now because we've been spoiled with where sports have been in Kansas City that I'm jealous of another city's front office slash ownership. I'll admit, there's one that I'm very jealous of. It's not football-related, obviously, because the Chiefs have the best thing going right now. But... On the baseball side of things like we can admit. Watching what the Mets are doing like that's that's like the dream owner, right? We can get into the, a we, guy who just does can, not
1: we, care about money under any circumstances. Yeah, that's
2: pretty good. We can get into the issues of baseball, which there are plenty of them and how it is completely or the Padres owner, for instance, one, who also doesn't care about money. Yeah, how it is completely one sided and how you're essentially operating in two different leagues within one. But the Mets, after signing Carlos Correa today, who initially was signing with the Giants and they canceled the press conference, failed physical, whatever it may be, after signing Carlos Correa to a $315 million deal, the Mets have committed eight hundred million dollars in free agency. Their payroll next year will be just shy of five hundred million plus a hundred and ten, that includes a hundred and ten, in luxury tax payments. He's testing the limits of what it takes to buy a World Series. And you can say oh, it's bad for baseball. It is. I agree. It is bad for baseball. But I'll be honest. I'm jealous. Right, that's, that's the dream owner. Be honest. That's the dream owner that the guy's willing to just write a check because he can to win a World Series at all costs. That's Dude, a different is, world that they're living in up in New York. That's th- for sure. This
1: is the worst economic situation baseball's been in in a long time, right? It sucks for everybody you else. Do you know how many years... Total, you'd have to combine to get to $800 million in free agency spending if you're the Royals? Uh, what, eight years? 20. 20 gold. You'd have to get to 20 years. It'd take 20 years to get to $800 million of free agency spending for the Royals. At their current pace or whatever? Two? Yeah. No, just what they've spent. They spent about $500 million, including contract extensions for guys like Salvador Perez over the last decade. And the decade before that, they spent another $400 million or so. So it would take almost two decades. Worth of free agency spending to equal one Mets offseason? The Mets have signed five contracts this Mm offseason greater than the single richest contract the Royals have ever signed. Five this year than the Royals have ever signed under any circumstance. It's wild. Look, it is kind of disturbing. Just be like, hey, you want to see what a world? Hey, I want to find out what the dollar amount costs
2: to buy a World Series. He's trying to find out right now. That's for sure. And I'll be right there with everybody else when they met. If the Mets fail to win the World Series, I'll I'll, be dunking all over. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be great. But I'm jealous. I absolutely am jealous. It, It must be nice. I don't think it's unfair to be because I've said this before. The
1: Royals, there certainly are economics of baseball and limits for teams that I do think exist. I think that small market teams make them exist much closer to a line than they need to. But the fact that there's going to be a team with a payroll quadruple your own makes the sport almost impossible. Think about any sport. Like if an NFL franchise, one team spent $200 million, which is about what they spend now, and the other spent $800 million, the competition in between – would be impossible. The fact the Royals even won a world series in 2015 sometimes still defies amazing, legitimate
2: it, logic. It, it makes you appreciate it even more. Doesn't it? When you look at where we're at in, in baseball and the economics of, it. we've but always I, known that they, there's been disadvantages uh, for, for them. Uh, it is pretty remarkable that they were able to win one. It's just, how am I supposed to believe that that's something you can replicate uh, when I look at where it's, it's gotten even worse in terms of the economics of baseball to, uh, small market versus big market. Should they be competitive? Yeah, that, there's no excuse. They, they can be competitive. But the idea that they should be uh, anywhere near where any of these other teams are, like how, Cody? You just told me it's going to take 20 years to get anywhere near that financially. So
1: here's one thing I think that you can take from this. Um, and, and, you know, Minneapolis is a bigger market than Kansas City. I'm not trying to claim it isn't. Yep. But, but what I think the Twins, but they're not way bigger. What I think the Twins have figured out is what's at play here. The Twins have spent about the 10th most amount of money over the last five years in Major League Baseball and free agency spending. What I think the Royals need to come to a realization here is, no, you can't spend like the Mets. It seems impossible. You're never going to convince any owner of a small market team to spend like the Mets, except for maybe the Padres, apparently. But what you have to learn from this is, you can't just not spend. That era, to me, of baseball is dead. This notion that is, we'll just be bad for a while. We'll get all these draft picks we'll draft and develop and we'll do it. You have to spend something. You have to give Bobby Wood junior a couple hundred million dollars, or you got to give Vinny 70 or you whatever you have to spend some money. They have been actively for the last four years, attempting to spend as little, in my opinion, as possible. And you can't really operate that way anymore. You have to spend something. And to this point. Yeah, on
2: the right players, though. I mean, I understand you were just listing off young players, and I get it. We're hoping those guys turn out to be legit players long-term for this franchise. But. It's not, to me, just as simple as, like, just go spend money. like You still got to spend it. You still got to also spend it on know, the right but, players, but, but man. But you're going you're like,
1: to you're gonna have to accept a couple of misses.
2: Well, like, for the next 10 big contracts you hand out, I think insane.
1: you're going to have to accept two misses. I,
2: you know, I know it yeah. sucks, but it but is it is your situation. You just told me, though, it's going to take 20 years to spend what the Mets are spending. and So my point being is, you're right. They, they need to spend more money as an organization. Um, but the idea, though, that they can miss on two guys, I, I dis, you, that's where you and I, I think, have always disagreed. Like, you're right. They, they have to spend money, but... I, I, I do think there are major ramifications to the Royals missing out on two players compared to, oh, the Mets, no big deal. Uh, they spent $500 million, and one of those guys got hurt and is never the same player. Okay, they move on. They can write another check. Like, the, the, the Royals can't miss on two players. That's the difference, Cody. If they're going to hand out the $100-plus plus million contract for the first time, they can't miss on those because then... You won't get them to. Spend but if it again. they don't. But
1: if they never spend a hundred million dollars, they'll never matter. Yeah, anyway.
2: I, I would push That's back thing. on a they'll little They'll never bit, matter though. anyway. They'll just. Uh, they won't matter under both scenarios. Well, I mean, from a business side, would you rather spend a ton of money and lose money and not matter, or not spend a lot of money I and be in the same boat? I understand but this is why um, I'm not going
1: to let them off. Like
2: uh, just, owning, I'm just owning, saying,
1: owning a. You know what? To me, it's this a business is, too, though. It sucks. This is where it comes to me is I don't think it should be. It's no, it funny is. money. It's not a business. You have so much money you could buy this thing but that cost a billion, four billion, ten billion dollars because there are owners who roll into these leagues and they don't care that it's a business. They just spend a bunch of money because they're like, screw it. I own this big, cool thing. And I'm going to buy all the toys for
2: it. All well, right. And that's why Steve, Co- uh, Steve Cohen is a dream owner, but also Steve Cohen is how, worth how much money? 26 or excuse me, uh 91 $9.1 billion. I mean, it's just, it's not someone's say, it's like, not... you guys
1: should build an NFL Mets equivalent. It's like the team could have Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, uh-huh. Aaron Donald, Andy uh-huh. Reid, a top defense. You're like, Oh yeah. I mean, it would be bonkers. Now, in the yeah, NFL, was, the, the each individual the, yeah. player impacts the win total more right. than in baseball. So it's weird because the yeah.
2: sports... I'm not telling you that they that shouldn't way. be more competitive. I'm not telling you that they shouldn't be spending more money. I just don't think it's as simple as that. And also, the Mets, or the, the the Twins, excuse me, have been competitive, right? And that's what a lot of people are asking for. But you just told me they had a top 10 payroll last year. Is that true? Top 10 payroll last year? They won 78 games. They make the postseason. It's like... I mean, it's the, there's no direct correlation into automatically spending money and you're going to have this all this success. Like, it sucks. they got, they got to find a balance between the two. But the, the, the league itself sucks because you can have one team, who cares about the luxury tax? You can have one team that doesn't care, that has an owner that's willing to write checks all over the place. Uh, and then you have other teams that are trying to compete with 75 or even $80 million payrolls. You know, like, even if the Royals payroll was 100, that's still a $400 million difference. I mean, that's insane. It's...
1: No other sport operates this far apart. Even in, and, and here's the other thing about this. If you're a small market team, you should want Cohen to spend this amount of money. That sounds stupid, right? Nope, just more money for you, and you should use that money to make your team better. Steve Cohen's going to have to write a check. He's going to give the Royals $15 million, $10 million. They're going to pay half of the contract, the richest contract they've signed. But for one team, the Royals, who spent about $20 million or so in free agency this year, and another team to spend $8 million. $100 million in free agency this year. I You know, I think we should they're probably try to find
2: di- a way to tighten that up a little. Yeah, they're playing two different sports, man. They really are. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, this is why the development angle is, you know, the Mets, yeah, they can develop players, but they don't have to develop players. No, they, they can don't. just write checks. The, the Royals Correct. have to develop players, plain and simple. Have to develop players, get a little lucky along the way. And then when the time's right, maybe spend a little bit more than normal. I mean, that that's all. I mean, that, that's, nah, I'd like them
1: to spend more just all
2: the time. But, but sure. But that's unfortunately where they're at, man. It sucks. All right. Let's get to Jet Talks.
0: Write down. Nick's notable notes. I'm legitimately concerned. I've never seen you guys that actually like upset with each other.
2: Oh, that was nothing.
0: Oh, it wasn't? That was nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've been
2: way more argumentative and, and aggressive. <laughs> on top that was nothing
0: maybe it's because Cody's been out I'm not used to it let's oh, that start was nothing man with some jed uh, talks talking about the world of the NBA did you guys see that Rudy gobert gave out more than 450 target? Gift cards to employees at the Target Center for fifty dollars each. Good
2: for him, man. Now, do you you were critical of Floyd Mayweather only giving a thousand to kids? Is that too little for you? Is is fifty dollars gift cards
0: not enough? No, it's fine because he gave out to every single employee at the. I think it's awesome. Twenty two thousand dollars. Good for him. Not like Floyd Mayweather's cheap ass. I think they both did great things. No, I think he saw the
1: worst COVID moment because like it was right before the sports world shut down. He touched all those reporter mics. uh, Like, ah,
2: sorry. Go Bears worth 40 mil. Good for him.
1: That seems nice. That seems like a really nice gesture. It does seem like a nice gesture. I think you,
0: Jed, I'm with not all of your it. newfound
1: Venmo money, nope. should buy everyone like a $10 Target gift card who works in the building.
0: Sounds good. If you guys buy me a $10 gift card, I will definitely use that $10 gift card on more gift cards. You all <laughs> saw the tragic news from the NFL world about Franco Harris passing away. What do you guys remember most about Franco Harris? Well,
2: I mean, so first I mean, obviously the immaculate reception, but I, I, Cody and I were been talking off air a little bit. I, I feel terrible because this weekend he was going to be inducted in their ring of honor or have his number retired. And like, that's just off. Like he's 72. Anytime anybody passes away, it's a sad thing, but like, I feel terrible because his whole family was coming into town. They had this huge celebration planned the 50th, 50th anniversary of the they... immaculate reception like, and everything.
1: Everyone had big stories out set, and feature yeah. pieces. And he interviews. just, he just
2: did some interviews yesterday like, and, and yeah, Saturday at their game against the Raiders, they were going to honor it. Like, so I just I feel terrible because it's like, it's, he, he he didn't get a live to see his number retired. And the Steelers only have, what, like four, is it four numbers? Yeah. Something like that retired. So I, I, that's, I just feel terrible with And, the you know, he
1: was part of one of the single greatest dynasties in NFL history. So you certainly remember any team that, Went through that kind of run,
2: and when I say imme- I remember the Immaculate Reception, I remember the highlights. I was gonna say I don't. No, none of us are even being the old man
0: in the room. I wasn't 50th even old anniversary.
2: Enough. Remember no. the remember the highlights. Obviously, yes. that's clearly what we mean.
0: Yeah, watching yeah. the NFL films. That's last one of those ones one, you wish you had another angle of. Because we sure. need to get moving. So, what do you guys make of JT Daniels now transferring to Rice, going to his fourth school? This guy was supposed to be a highly touted recruit. He's not that good. Yeah. How much has the transfer portal portal jumped the shark?
2: He wants to go somewhere we can start, you know? So like I I still maybe be better I, then. I, I understand that and I know there's a lot of old school coaches that say, like, you know, Look at what's happened from some guys that you know they stick around the program and they try to win the job. And now kids don't stick around and they leave because they can't handle it. Look, I'm not saying that's not fair criticism, but I also do like the opportunity that the portal provides. If this kid is like, hey, I just want to start. I'm only going to play college yeah.
1: football for four years and of I'll, my and,
2: whole life. And, and I'd
0: like to play well. well and so, it sounds like and, he's played for about six now. And
2: he's yeah. willing to go a major step down from the USC days to now playing at Rice. I don't have a problem with it. Like he just want the kid just wants to play football and he's clearly not good enough to play at the high level. So he's going to go play at rice and get a really good graduate degree at one of the better universities in the country.
0: Sure. We'll agree to disagree. All right. And before we wrap up, he should
2: be stuck locked in. So that means you don't, you think coaches shouldn't be allowed to leave too, right?
0: Yes. I mean, if you sign a contract, isn't that kind of But coaches can a, leave is my point. Right, but it's a legally binding contract. That's a different discussion. Which and, you can
1: break under really any circumstance.
0: Sure, and we don't have enough time to get into this pissing match between me and Alex like we like to do. <laughs> so I want to give a thanks to Andrew, Garrett, Ben, Jared, Sarah, Brad, Travis, Matthew, wow. Holy Jacob, cow. and my favorite, Chris, because he donated $4.20. Those were Jet Talks. <laughs> All
2: right. Can you get like? What are we? How much money are we talking
0: here? Jed Marshall three. He gets married on Friday. Mm-hmm.
1: We were just asking to contribute to you know. It's yeah.
0: It's up to I think hundred and seventy four dollars. Oh, oh. Wow! So, our yeah. listeners are
1: so generous. Right. You know what we're we doing?
0: Have, we got we're the... turning that into three hundred and seventy four dollars. <laughs> Gonna bet it all. I like the guy who donated a hundred dollars.
1: Said it's your money, man. You bet it on whoever you want.
0: You, you take that money and you put that bet on whoever you want. This guy clearly hasn't been listening since I've been filling in because he apparently doesn't hate me because he randomly gave me $100.
2: <laughs> Good on that guy. That's awesome. Happy holidays. Congrats, congrats uh, to on getting married later on this week. All right. Coming up next, 11 o'clock hour. We'll get to all 32. And there's some buzz around one team once again in the AFC West. There's-